Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for February the 16th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two in our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. We are syndicated by Loving Liberty, lovingliberty.net. This is Liberty Roundtable, libertyroundtable.com. And a quick recap of yesterday's show makes sense. Here it is. We had our guest on Mr. Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org. We discussed Donald Trump acquitted in second impeachment trial in a 57 to 43 vote. Seven Republicans voted to convict, and man, they're experiencing the blowback now. The CDC, that's the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, said domestic travelers do not, I repeat, do not need to take a coronavirus test before they go on domestic flights. That's great news. Hopefully that'll be the order of the day. It won't backfire. The great vaccine scam, a guy by the name of Vasco Colmayer wrote the article. We talked about Pfizer bails out of India after the country demands safety testing for the COVID vaccine. Life site, life site news with that one. Very interesting. Pfizer bails out. India wanted a double-blind study, and Pfizer said, no, we're not going to have anything of it because they know that it's not a vaccine. All right. Well, India has rejected the Pfizer vaccine. It has approved the use of Oxford University's well, how do they call this thing? Um, AstraZeneca vaccine. And another one developed on their own home soil. Uh, they call that one by Barrett Biotech. Uh, the Indian Council of Medical Research reports the details with Reuters. Now, South Africa, by the way, suspended the rollout of the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine. So you got Africa saying no AstraZeneca, but you got India saying yeah for the AstraZeneca and no to Pfizer. Well, I don't know if you know in America, Merck abandoned its own COVID-19 vaccine development, dropping two work-in-progress drugs after they didn't meet expectations. Ladies and gentlemen, the fact is COVID and mRNA shots are not legally vaccines dr joseph mercola with the details they're not vaccines in the medical or the legal and i add or the moral definition they do not prevent you from getting an infection nor do they prevent the illnesses spread they're merely experimental gene therapies and they call them vaccines to decrease liability fake news everywhere folks we also talked about mass manipulation with lowell nelson how it works we finalized the topic by talking about banning transgender athletes from competing in girls' sports 
16-plus states are dealing with this issue as we speak. Second hour, Dr. Scott Bradley's with us. His collegiate series, To Preserve the Nation, his website, freedomsrisingsun.com. And we talked about President's Day is a sham holiday. Another fake holiday, sadly, seemingly, to destroy American heroes and replace them with this mediocrity of idea that, hey, I'm off work, man, ain't that great? Ladies and gentlemen, George Washington's birthday should be the focus. Sadly, our days have become the age of the anti-hero. We just tear down our heroes. I get that they all had flaws, but every one of us has flaws. Why don't we spend our time on building people up? George Washington, yeah, he was a slave owner. You can't judge him by our own current reality check, folks. You got to judge him by his circumstances of the day. What an incredible leader. What an incredible man. Now, let's make it very clear. We don't worship George Washington. He's just a man. But, man, he was a good one, a great role model, a real leader. Does he compare to the Savior, Jesus Christ? Absolutely not. Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, the only one to live a sinless, perfect life. Let's be clear. But these heroes are great people nevertheless. George Washington, Patrick Henry, James Madison, Thomas Jefferson. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. I only have one life to give, right? Who's that? Think about it. Discover for yourself who that is. I think it's Nathan Hale, right? All right. Anyway, learn about these heroes, ladies and gentlemen. And that's a recap of yesterday's show available at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Spread <coughs> the word. News that I reviews to you starts now. We got a unique guest on the line. His name is Tim Starks. He's an IT security consultant and a systems troubleshooter for a living but he happens to know a little bit about money so let me kind of set the stage for this hyperinflation a very interesting term money philosophy a very or velocity and philosophy i guess i might add money velocity though and uh, hyperinflation is a term that you know what when we're on constitutional currency really doesn't exist but when you move from a constitutional currency with intrinsic value uh, the Bible calls it honest weights and measures. When you move from that system to a fiat money system, then you have all kinds of economic discussions that you must have dealing with money. How is it positioned? How do you control it? How do you make sure it doesn't get out of control? All these questions kind of come to mind. And you start to ask yourself questions about, will cryptocurrency, another fiat money system, will it survive? Will it do better than stocks? Or will, do, will stocks do better than crypto? How do we position ourselves to weather this stuff? Is there a stock market bubble? Is there a real estate bubble? Who gets hurt? Who benefits? Hyperinflation, what does that mean? All that is gonna be the topic of this hour. And I just really wanna say that, you know what? We teach to the ideal and live in the real, remember that. So the ideal is constitutional currency. But we're a long way from that, ladies and gentlemen. No one's talking about returning to constitutional currency anytime soon. Is it the ideal? Without a doubt. But in the real, we have a fake money system, a fiat money system, and we all live in it. And how do you deal with it in a way that can bless the lives of you and your family when it comes to prosperity? Tim Starks, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Sam, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Enjoy Thank you, sir. Uh, talking about the subjects of the day. Amen to that. Did that intro on, on money kind of make sense? We live in the real, Tim. Sure. And, you know, one of the things, too, um, that we do is, as 
I'm a C-risk analysis, and I do business continuity analysis. So not only do we do security assessments, we do business continuity risk assessments for companies. And you have to assess the 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 market. You have to assess the you know supply chain. You have to you know assess the 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 continuing trend of things and everything else for a business to be able to do risk analysis. And so this financial thing fits right into what we do. And uh, we have to think about this a lot and see where the, the weak links are. So this is something that's constantly in our portfolio of things we have to analyze when we do our thing with businesses. And uh, companies do this oftentimes by looking at internal factors, but they also do this by looking at the world around them. That's one of the big key components is kind of saying, hey, what is the landscape around me and how do I relate to that landscape around me? How do I, um, you know, compare to other companies, contrast to other companies? You do a risk reward analysis. Hey, what are my biggest threats? Uh, what are my biggest advantages? What am I? And they ask all these questions, and they've actually built matrixes to help people uh, kind of work their way through these analyses, right? Yes, and you know one of the things that uh, COVID has brought on is the uh, a lot of companies have realized the value in this, these kinds of assessments because they have seen that their supply chains have dried up and other things have happened, which has cost many people their businesses. They've shut down because of this. They weren't prepared for this, so. Um, the importance of a risk analysis now is becoming a, uh, a trend that people realize you have to have if you want to stay in business tomorrow. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what we do in families and small business is we look at the money situation. Where are we sitting? What can we do? How can we uh, broaden our portfolio is the way some people talk about it. How do we make sure that we're doing okay? And it starts with a lot of these questions. You, say, you take a term like hyperinflation. You say, why have we not seen hyperinflation with all the money printing we're doing? You know what? Are we going to experience in America hyperinflation? Like Zimbabwe, yeah. Germany, um, Myanmar, Venezuela, some of these other countries. Are we going to see it? Let's first talk about what it is and then if we're going to see it. Tim? Well, you know, that's something that's interesting. And a lot of people say, well, how come we haven't went into you know, a uh, situation like Zimbabwe or Germany, Weimar situation. But the the reason I believe is because we've got the one element. We're, we're printing cash like crazy, which is, is one of the, the triggers that has to fall or be triggered. But there's a couple other triggers that need to be triggered as well. It has to do with the cash velocity and that I don't think we, we triggered it because of the COVID. So uh, one of the other things is that you have excessive amounts of jobs and people have to pay a lot more money to get the, the employees to work for them. So employment wages go up significantly. And we didn't have that with COVID because there's a lot of businesses and industry that actually closed down. All right, let's come back and talk about that in detail. We're going to define a few terms for you, ladies and gentlemen. What is hyperinflation? How is it kind of defined? Is there a stock market bubble? Is there a real estate bubble? Who gets hurt and who benefits when hyperinflation happens? In order to understand all that, we're going to have to teach the velocity of money. We'll do it all in seconds with Tim Starks on Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. 
Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Getting the kids to school, cleaning the house, doing the laundry. It seems that the work routine as a stay-at-home mom is never ending. And even though I'm a prime grocery shopper in our family of four, I simply don't have time to scrutinize all the labels on the countless food products I buy. Oh, sure, I've noticed all the latest certification seals. Organic, non-GMO, gluten-free. It definitely seems to be the latest craze. But it was only recently that kosher certification seals caught my attention. You see, my husband had me download an app called Certified, and it shed light on a century-old certification industry that slipped under the radar screen from the majority of our public. I also noticed a question mark at the end of the app name, and that makes great sense as there's far more questions regarding this industry than answers. In fact, the developers refer to this as the kosher question. Sure, I'm a busy mom and didn't pay attention to our food culture, but now I have transparency, a convenient grocery list feature, and the ability to eat in favor of my family's best interests, and you can discover it too at thekosherquestion.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what we're talking about is kind of a SWOT analysis, if you will. And the SWOT analysis is uh, for your family, for your individual financial reality. But we're putting it in the perspective of what's going on in the country and in the world around us in a way that makes sense. You say, Sam, what the heck is a SWOT analysis? Sam, how do you do it right in 2021, huh? Well, SWOT stands for strength, weakness, opportunity, and threat analysis that's where the term SWAT comes from. It's important to understand that we can do these things by understanding terms. Tim Starks with me, and Tim Starks is a security analyst. He's a security consultant, a systems troubleshooter, and as part of all that, he helps businesses make sure that they understand what are their threats, right? Yes. What are their opportunities? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? And you put this into a big matrix and figure it all out. We've done this uh, kind of for the economy, right, Tim? Yes. And and one, like I was saying a while ago, one of the things that um, that had not triggered uh, in over the last year and a half is is the fact that the job market had really been hurt with a lot of the loss of jobs from restaurants and and several industries where they couldn't go to work and they were laid off and and uh, had to, you know, stay at home. And, and then the other third trigger is, is the, you know, the GDP. It's, it's, it's how much product and goods are being sold and how much are, how much demand there is. And, you know, that all went down as well because people were staying home. They didn't buy as much gas. And there was a lot of businesses that weren't able to produce things because of, of the COVID regulations and things like that. So a lot of stuff wasn't being produced and a lot of industry wasn't even open. So, you had all that stuff pull back. Now there were some other increase of other types of goods because things switched from restaurants to you know, home goods and, 
you know, people staying at home more. And, but there really wasn't an increase in the amount of products being sold in demand. Um, so, In fact, there was a slight decrease, which brought, believe it or not, even though it might be difficult for an individual family, to some degree it brought stabilization because it was able to stave off this hyperinflationary reality that we could have faced if the economy heated up too quickly. So hyperinflation really is when money becomes less and less and less value so quickly uh, that uh, it, your money can't hold its value or hold its relationship to goods and services, right? Yeah. And and some of the countries, like we've men- you mentioned, Venezuela, Zimbabwe, and Germany, Weimar, you know, I which forget which country it was, but they actually quit collecting taxes because it costs more to send the person out to collect the taxes and deal with that than the value of the taxes because of the hyperinflation uh, was so great. So they just continued to print more money. Um, but uh, one of the things that uh, you need to think about in this time, though, is is there's several scenarios that could happen. Um, you know, everybody's talking about the bubble and everything's going to pop in, you know, 40 days. I think uh, Glenn Beck had a show on and he, you know, 10 days ago said everything's going to going to pop in 45 days. If the, the stock market's going to, bubble's going to pop and catastrophic events are going to happen financially. Um, I don't agree with this 45 days. I think it, if it's going to pop, it's going to be later. And I'm not sure that's going to pop. It may just the bubble may just get bigger. I mean, you know, inflation, if inflation hits, um, you know, if we go straight into inflation, the, the stock market bubble should grow because there's going to be an excess of amount of cash and, you know, cash won't be worth as, as much. And so the value of a company um, is going to grow with the inflation. The value of goods is going to grow with inflation. So I think people need to, if you're worried about those kinds of things, you need to look at them and analyze the positions you want to be in um, based on your situation. But, uh, you know, the real estate, um, I know the real estate was hurt in 2008 because we kind of went into a deflation in the area period in, in 2008. It wasn't really an inflation. Then we came back out of it with some inflation. Um, but, you know, the housing market jumped back and bounced back right away because of the inflation. So if you look at at the stock market over the last year, everybody's like, because stocks have done well. It's because we've been raising up an in inflation because of all the money printing, but we haven't went into a hyperinflation. Now, let's be clear and kind of define that. Inflation is when it happens slowly. Hyperinflation is when it happens quickly over a sustained period of time, right? Yeah, and you know, the the thing that that is tricky about this, a lot of times before inflation happens, there's a deflationary period, and it could be a month, two months, three months, six months, and that's where people get hurt because it's during that deflationary period, if you owe on things and can't make payments, you lose what you have. And if you can hang on to what you have, your real estate, and just let's take, for instance, uh, Venezuela. I know a guy from down there who experienced all of the hyperinflation. And um, anyway, he had... uh, said that you know a banana may have cost five hundred thousand dollars. So if you sold your house for fifty thousand before things fell because you thought you wanted to get out of your property, well you wouldn't even be able to buy a banana with what you sold your house for. But if you saved your house and kept it, then it of course was worth the inflationary amount and you would be able to sell that house at the time and be able to buy whatever you wanted of, of equal value, provided that the inflation wasn't shooting up. So 
do you sell your house? Do you hold on to your house? Do you sell your assets? Do you hold on to your assets? Do you liquidate everything, turn it into cash? Well, if you're going into hyperinflation, I think the last thing you want to do is liquidate everything and have cash on hand because cash is worthless in a hyperinflation. So it, it really well, takes... Let me stop you there then. So to have your your home and all the different assets that you have, if you hold on and you have the ability to wait out that period, you're a thousand times better off. Absolutely. I mean... It, if you're out of debt, the key is, is getting out of debt so that if we do go in a deflationary period, you can't afford to, you know, keep what you have and you don't lose it because of I'm not being able to make payments. But holding on and, and holding on to what you have and keeping it during an inflationary period is, is, is definitely, to me, um, a far better thing than getting rid of what you have and, and having cash on hand. And, and some people, you know, say, hey, buy gold, buy silver. Gold and silver isn't necessarily a guarantee. I mean, it, it can be, and it can be very good. It, and everybody says silver is your hedge on inflation. I have silver in my portfolio um, because I think if, you know it would be a good hedge on inflation, but there's no guarantee. Yeah, so let's understand gold and silver for a second. It is the best relationship for stable money. It staves off inflation like no other, and it acts as a hedge against inflationary, deflationary booms and busts. There's no doubt about it, and it's the best choice for societal exchange of goods and services as a medium of exchange. It works great for that. Now, don't get me wrong, and don't misunderstand my next statement, but I'm going to say it. Attack me if you will, people. Gold and silver is not perfect, and it's not a panacea. It doesn't solve everything, and it's not the end-all, be-all of everything. Should you have it in your portfolio? Absolutely. Is it good and stable, and should we return to it? Without a doubt. But if you think you could sit on a gazillion ounces of gold and silver... Uh, when everybody's hungry because um, hyperinflation happens and your dollars can't buy any bread because, well, hey, it's just, you know, too many wheelbarrows of dollars is what it takes to buy a loaf of bread. Your gold and silver may or may not help you. It might help you at first. But over time, when people want food more than they want your metal, food becomes king. So be very careful in this end-all, be-all statement of, Uh, constitutional currency. Is it valuable? Yes. Does it have its place? Absolutely. But it's not the end-all, be-all of everything. It should be a significant portion of reality. And the more we're in the real system of honest money, the better that has its value. But in a fiat money system, if you're not very careful, food and other commodities become king in the short term. Tim? You're right, Sam. And and, and it's it's my belief from the studies of, of my studies that commodities and raw materials of needed needs to meet the future are the best thing to be invested in and have because those things are going to have value of whatever the inflationary rate is of the time. So for instance, and I just want to make sure everybody understands, we're just talking about this stuff. It's just, uh, you know, entertainment. We're not here to give financial advice to anybody. Um, this is just a purely an analysis for our own personal use and just, you know, here for people to, think about and debate for entertainment. So uh, I'm not a financial advisor. And we're also kind of saying this from a live in the real, teach to the ideal scenario. We're talking about economic philosophy to some degree, but we are giving uh, some advice that I think is sound, and I'm not a financial advisor, but hey, when we say to get out of debt, that's a very sound statement to make that anybody can make. Uh, We have our opinions to which we're entitled. When we talk about this SWOT analysis, we talk about, you know, uh, uh, learning to assess your threats, your opportunities, your strengths, your weaknesses, etc. You know what? That's sound uh, 
thought process here. So those are the things we're talking about. We don't have degrees. We don't have licenses for any of these things. But I am a talk show host to my opinion to which I'm entitled. And uh, you know what? Tim Starks is an IT security consultant. But we do have an understanding of how you can protect yourself. And we've got some thoughts for you to consider. He's Tim Starks. I'm Sam Bushman. And thank heavens, you're you. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live back in a flash on your favorite talk station. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. A civilian contractor was killed and five others were wounded in a rocket attack Monday at a U.S.-led military base in Kurdish, northern Iraq. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said in a statement Monday night, we are outraged by today's rocket attack in the Iraqi Kurdistan region, end quote. The central government in Baghdad said it was forming a committee with the Kurdistan regional government to investigate the attack. The entire state of Texas is experiencing an unprecedented power shortage due to a severe winter storm that has taken over. The Electric Reliability Council of Texas declared the state of Texas at its highest emergency level because of low power supply and high demand. In Houston, there is no estimate when the power will come back on. Officials said it could be out for a couple of days. A 90-year-old Seattle woman, Fran Goldman, woke up to the snow on the day of her COVID-19 vaccination appointment. Too much snow to drive, she says, so she walked six miles through the snow to make it. USA Radio News. Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You can save a lot of money, whether it's just for you or for an entire family, MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support. And you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Viruses mutate. It's what they do. And the COVID-19 variant is no different. USA Radio News' Dan Naraki looks into it. Researchers have found a new batch of coronavirus variants in the United States that appear to have the same genetic mutation. The variants share a mutation to the gene that affects how the virus enters the human body. The study's authors say they're not yet sure if it makes the virus more contagious, but they fear that may be the case. Dr. Jonathan Reiner is the director of the Cardiac Cath Lab at George Washington University Hospital, and he tells CNN that the recent discovery shows that the U.S. needs to put more effort into tracking possible variants. Viruses mutate. This virus has been mutating from the beginning. There are dozens of variants that have been identified, maybe more, over the last over the last year. But what this does show is that we really need to rebuild our genomic surveillance program and identify in real time when these uh, variants uh, emerge. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Starks on your radio. We're talking about a SWOT analysis for society, for money, for you and your family. How to do it right in 2021. Strength, weakness, opportunity, and threat, SWAT. And we're talking about hyperinflation. That's when, hey, your money decreases in value so quickly that you're shocked it takes a wheelbarrow of paper money to buy a loaf of bread. We're talking about inflation, which means that happens, but not so fast. Sometimes hidden inflation is so slow you can't see your money being robbed from you. You say the answer is constitutional currency, gold and silver. I agree, but that's the ideal and that's the long-term view. We got to get there, no doubt about it. Eventually, all fiat money systems fail. Nevertheless, they have a pretty good scientific manipulation of these realities, and they can do so. Why haven't we seen hyperinflation in America? Will we ever experience hyperinflation like some of these other countries? I think the answer is sometimes we will. But when people put a time frame on it, sadly, they're going to miss the market. It's like predicting the end of the world. Good luck with that. However, I am Sam Bushman. <coughs> he is Tim Starks. And we are not, um, you know, what financial professionals to give you uh, an analysis from a licensed point of view. We're just brothers talking about money, talking about you and your life and how to protect yourself and what to do. Is there a stock market bubble? Is there a real estate bubble? Who gets hurt when all these things happen? What happens? The key is to get out of debt ASAP, as Tim wisely points out. Now, let's talk about some things. Will crypto survive and do better than stocks, or will stocks do better than crypto? How do you position yourself for the future, right? To understand a lot of this, we need to talk about the velocity of money, Tim, because I think people need to understand when you're in this fiat money situation, there's a lot of terms that are bantered around, but they mean things, and they control the the economic output, and they increase it or slow it down, and, and, and these different parameters work together in tandem is kind of the point people need to get uh, to where you can't just look at one aspect and say, I got this. No, there's a lot at play here, the velocity of money at the center of it all. Well, and you need to realize when, when people need to realize when we talk about the velocity of money, one of the things that's going on right now that could affect that is they're talking about raising the minimum wage. Um, that is one of the triggers, you know, employment um, wages going up that's a trigger for hyperinflation. So when you hear them talk about this, depending on how they implement that, um, could could trigger hyperinflation. Um, we also have a situation going on that could trigger hyperinflation because of all the stimulus money that's being printed and people not wanting to work, and it's becoming hard for companies to find workers. They're out there, but they're just, choosing to stay at home and, and live off of, you know, unemployment or, you know, stimulus or whatever the reason is. Now companies are having to think about paying more to get the workers to come back to work. Um, that's another thing that could cause the wages to increase. So it's a real, it's a real, um, it's a real iffy time right now with, with wages where they may go. Um, and we need to keep an eye on that. The other thing is, is as people start to go back to work and do normal things, and as people start to interact in society more, as this COVID thing starts to come up, I think you're going to see massive spending because people are going to be tired of staying at home, and you're going to see a lot of things they didn't spend money on, that they're going to increase that spending even more to come out of this uh, depressionary-type state of being at home all the time. So. You're going to see a lot of spending on a lot of goods, and, and I think that's going to be triggered by 
just having the freedom to go out and do things. So those things are things we need to watch. And so when you think about, we could go into this hyperinflation. The, the big question is, how do you prepare yourself? Well, one of the things I do is I, I diversify in different things. I have crypto, I have stocks, you know, I have um, real assets, liquid assets. Um, I have, uh, you know, different food stored up just because if, if food, you know, that's one of the things that can wipe you out the quickest is, is the food prices, inflation of food can really hurt a family. So stocking up on a year supply of food and having it in the house so that if inflation takes over, you can feed your family without it affecting you, or you can at least adjust to the inflation, have time for your income to adjust so it doesn't hit you so hard is a nice buffer to have in your portfolio. I know a lot of people look at it and think, well, I never thought of that because they think of food as just something you have for when there is no food, and it's not necessarily for when there is no food. It's it's a nice buffer when inflation hits food. So there's several reasons to have a food storage. Ladies and gentlemen, we're living in the real, and that's what you need to understand. So hyperinflation, it could come to us, and it, it will. I don't know when or how or what, but I know this. The economy will not be stable forever. But don't fall for the predictions of the economy melting down on a certain date or a certain time frame or whatever else. Everybody who does that makes fools of themselves by predicting the time. You can't predict the time and the circumstances. I'll give you an example. Who would have predicted that a coronavirus would come out? It would become such a pandemic in the minds of some who control our societies and economies around the world. And they would basically utilize that to say, hey, you don't have a job now. Okay, we don't know what's coming down the pike in the future and we can't read the future. But we can prepare for it, though. And I submit to you the key is to get out of debt. I submit to you the key is to get diverse investments in your portfolio, uh, as Tim has highlighted. All right? Now, I don't know if crypto will survive, if stocks will do better. I personally believe eventually the world will try to take us from the United States dollar, which has been kind of the measurement around the world. The way you know if a nation's in inflation or deflationary states or hyperinflation is by comparing to the dollar which has been kind of the de facto currency of the world for decades on end. Some people say, well, it's not tied to gold and silver like it should be. It's tied to the petrodollar. That's all true. Or it's tied to gasoline uh, or oil. That's all true. Nevertheless, you got to understand the velocity of money. So you say, what is the velocity of money? Well, the velocity of circulation of money is what we're really talking about, right? Because money doesn't have velocity, but the circulation of money does. And the circulation of money velocity is the measure of the number of times that the average unit of currency is used to purchase goods and services within a given time period. So if I say in a year, how many times in a simple, simple, simple economy do Sam and Tim do business? He builds a house. I buy it. He runs a restaurant. I go eat. Right? I know that sounds uh, incredibly simple, but... How often does money pass back and forth? How quick do transactions happen within a given period of time? That's money velocity, right? Yeah, and one of the things when you mention money, too, is, you know, money is lazy. Money makes you no money. Money makes you no interest. Money does nothing for you. So if you have money and you stick it, in, you know, in, the, in a drawer somewhere, it's going to do nothing for you. So to me, cashing out and having money on hand um, and just, sticking it somewhere and thinking you're going to be okay is, is another way of putting your head in the sand. You have to do something with your money. You have to do something with, you know, investing it or, or positioning it in something. 
Uh, one of the things. Now, let me pause there and say a tiny bit of money on hand for a short-term emergency need makes sense. Absolutely. Long-term holding yes. big amounts of money, foolish as you can get. Holding five or ten thousand dollars on hand for emergency is fine, but putting a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand, five hundred thousand dollars away and keeping it in the form of money is is crazy. I mean, you look at what money could buy in the '60s. You could buy a new car for fifteen hundred dollars. That same car costs thirty thousand a day. <laughs> that money. Um, inflationary just from the 60s to now is great and we didn't go through a hyperinflationary period we did go through a period in the 70s where we had um yeah late in, 70s early 80s a little bit yeah but but for the most part we haven't gone through a hyperinflationary period so to say and or deflationary we went through a couple of deflationary periods slight ones but the thing is we got to think about how you divest yourself and and invest in things. And so one of the things that I look at is, is for instance, my portfolio, I'm, I'm investing in copper because I believe that we're going to be going toward the world of electric, electric-driven things, whether it be cars and semis and, and a grid to supply at charging stations. So copper, to me, is going to be one of the number one elements um, out there that's going to be needed to build the infrastructure and to supply the needs of those who are moving toward EVs. So I invest in a copper ETF stock, and I invest in you know different copper stuff. Copper mines is kind of risky, so unless you know the operation, um, and then I think uh, you know the battery companies. We're going to need batteries, so I've invested in Panasonic. I've invested in uh, you know different battery technology companies, um, Qual Qualscape, and uh, you know those companies. I believe are going to. Uh, um, be in high demand because you can't have the uh, green energy or none of this stuff that they're talking about without storage of electric, and so you have to do it with batteries. Um, and I know that a lot of people get on this argument about the oil and stuff. You know, the reality of it is oil is a limited supply. Renewable energy is the future. It's not about just the green aspect of it. It's about where we have to go and where we're going, and it's evident we're going in that direction. So you need to just follow the money. Ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to velocity of money, if the velocity of money is increasing, then transactions are occurring between individuals more frequently. If there's the slowdown in the velocity of money, there's less transactions between people. How does that help you? Well, that's one of the factors they use to control the boom and bust cycles of economies. And it all depends on what you're in and where and how you position yourself on how well you do. As you all know, Roe versus Wade has resulted in some of the most permissive abortion laws anywhere in the world. For example, in the United States, it's one of only seven countries to allow elective late-term abortions along with China, North Korea, and others. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month. It is wrong. It has to change. Americans are more and more pro-life. You see that all the time. In fact, only 12% of Americans support abortion on demand at any time. Under my administration, we will always defend the very first right in the Declaration of Independence, and that is the right to life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? 
Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Tim Starks with us, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about money. We're just Joe Blow's talking here. Take what we say with a grain of salt, but yet, hey, we've been around a little bit. Maybe we can give you advice that helps your family. So, Tim, why does the velocity of money matter? How fast people uh, make transactions or how, you know, in a given time period, how many transactions happen? Why does that matter? Well, and, and like I was going to get to here on this um with the stocks. So those stocks I've chosen are just an example. Some of them I've chosen why I would choose them over, let's say, a, you know, an airline stock, because I believe that those stocks in the future are going to be in demand. And if they're in demand, the supply and demand of those items, the velocity of cash that's going to pour into those assets is going to cause them to go up with inflation, obviously. Um, and so, when you have a lot of cash being spent and a lot of goods being supplied, it, it's, it's slowed down by the inflationary rate. So let's say, for instance, I have a copper mine and I'm supplying copper to the world, but I can't keep up with demands. What do I do? I raise the price to slow down the purchasing or, you know, to curve it a little bit. And if that doesn't work, I keep raising it and I keep raising it and raising it and raising it until I can slow it down enough so I can keep up with demand. And and that's where I think you're going to see if you focus and channel your your um, sights on things like this, that the inflationary times will not get to you as much as it will others who are blindly putting their investments into things, let's say, like an airline, um, especially, you know, with the COVID thing going on. So... How do we, and you got to take a look at this and say, so how do we, how do we know what's going to happen? How do we survive? Well, we don't. And then unfortunately, the stock market, the cryptos, they're all a cash liquidity market. When people have excessive amount of cash, they're going to put it into stocks and crypto. And let's face it, crypto is just, it's strictly an investment. It's not a, it's not a currency. There's no crypto right now that's a currency. It's illegal to have another currency other than the dollar in the United States. So what you put in there is just strictly, of no value it's just kind of an investment into the idea of something and how other people will invest in it as well and when people have less cash they're not going to put it into cryptos or stocks um, they're going to put it into other things so though all both these markets depend on liquidity and so it's it's risky but i will say this about stocks if a company has value and the company is doing well 
I think those stocks are going to eventually go back up again and you're going to be fine because people are going to put their money and are going to follow the money. I think February and March are definitely a time where there's going to be a lot of excessive liquidity and a lot of cash because of stimulus money coming out. So I think you're going to see a lot of money made in February and March. After that, it's hard to say. It depends on what the stimulus you know programs are at the time and how they conduct them. I don't think anybody can predict it. In other words, the velocity of money is going to increase. As that increases Absolutely. and transactions ratchet up, the fear of inflation and hyperinflation starts to come into play, right? Yeah, and, and how people react depends if we go into a deflationary period or hyperinflation continues. If people sit there and go, you know what, this is great, we got money, I'm making money, and they just spend and they continue doing what they're doing, we're going to just probably go into a you know, hyperinflationary time. But if people say, whoa, and they screech and put the brakes on, then it stops and we could go into a deflationary period. The question is, who gets hurt in hyperinflation and who gets hurt in deflationary periods? Well, it depends what the agenda is. I mean, if you want to do a reset, you would do hyperinflation because if you're doing a reset, everybody with money that's retired, everybody that has a lot of money in the bank or has a lot of money in whatever, those people are going to get hurt because they're living on a fixed income and they retired on a fixed amount of money. But now if we go into hyperinflation, they may be able to live on that for a day now. instead And, of and those are the life. people also that are big savers get penalized in that reality as well. Yes. And so, but the people who are young um, have jobs, and the people who, you know, are, are, are com- they're going to benefit from it because now the hyperinflation is going to go to them and they'll see the results through their current job or work. Services and, you know, uh, supplies and goods are all going to go up in price, so they're going to make money regardless. So if you're a current working person, you'll just go up in, in wages. Now, there may be a little bit of a, a buffer there from the time you see the increase in wages to the you know, the prices of things, so that, that buffer can hurt you if you're not prepared for it, which I believe will hurt a lot of people because we, as a society, don't prepare for things like that. And like I said, one of the ways you can do that is by having a food storage to where all of a sudden tomorrow you go to the grocery store and the inflation has hit food. It doesn't affect you because you can just eat off your food supply until your income adjusts to be able to buy the food. Uh, same way with fuel. You know, if you if you got fuel, extra fuel at home, and you know, I'm not telling everybody to get fuel for home, but you know, there's just an example. If you don't have to buy fuel at the inflated gas prices, and you can wait for your income to adjust to the price of fuel, it's going to help in your travels. Um, or if you had an electric car, you don't have to worry about it because you just charge up your car and go to work and the fuel prices don't affect you. I personally have an electric car. I like it. I'm not big into the green energy stuff. I just like the energy independence. I don't have to depend on foreign oil or depend on oil for me to get around. And so um, that's why I think electric cars are going to be a thing of the future and there's going to be um, a lot of money to be made in that if you position yourself in the stocks that supply the battery and the energy for EV. But a person needs to do their own homework, look at things, and see what they want to do. But there's any a kind of, of income property. Here, Tim, people are saying, you know what? There's so many ifs, and you know, depend. Two of the greatest terms uh, in finance is it depends and if, right? So we don't know the future is what I'm trying to get across. And there's things that you can do though to hedge your bets. Okay, Tim has said, look, they're pushing for this, uh, you know, global climate change discussion. 
as they do, they're going to be investing in greener technologies and and um, you know um, ways to to decrease our environmental footprints and ways to uh, push electric vehicles into the mainstream, ways to have solar panels and wind turbines and all these things. And okay, and so you know that you're going to need batteries for a lot of that. You know you're going to need copper for a lot of that. And so he's just coming to a logical series of conclusions. Does that mean he'll get rich? No, not necessarily. Everybody has to kind of hedge their, hedge their bets and think through it. But we're saying get out of debt, diverse your portfolio, understand in the real that nothing is king, and do your very best to look at the future and say, where are things headed and what can I do to try to get ahead of it? Getting out of debt means you're less vulnerable to the inflationary, deflationary booms and busts. If you talk about money velocity, you say, hey, what's going to happen? Are we going to go into an inflationary or deflationary period and what should my reaction be? So what we're really trying to do is get you to think about it, study it, put together your own little blueprint. Tim told you what he does. I do a lot of what Tim does as well. Uh, but I'm a little bit more um, skeptical of uh, some of the stocks and some of those things. I'm convinced that two of the biggest things that, and I'm not suggesting to buy these, I'm just giving you an example. Two of the biggest things, uh, if we ever have financial turmoil or massive job loss more than we've seen now to date, Hey, man, if you have alcohol and cigarettes or, you know, some type of smoke and cigarettes and alcohol, you're going to be doing pretty well. People are going to want that commodity. I'll tell you that right now. And so your, so, closet's, your closet's full of cigarettes, right? Same, you're going to sell them. <laughs> no, it's not. But I'm just telling you, though, you go look at the prisons and you'll get an yeah. understanding of what I'm talking about. That stuff has tremendous value to the addicted. And they'll even put it before food sometimes. And so I'm not you're trying right. to yep. buy those things, but I am kind of highlighting the, the point with that example. You're right, Sam, and that's that's kind of the point I'm trying to make with this whole thing. If you have, so what you have to do is, if you have deflationary period or hyperinflation, what is going to be in demand in both of those scenarios? Energy. Energy is in demand whether you have deflation or whether you have hyperinflation. Our energy source now is oil. I don't think that's going to be the demand of the future because there's too many powers to be pushing toward renewable energy. So knowing that, you have to think about what's going to be the demand or supply renewable energy demands in the future. And those items and those uh, businesses are going to be of value whether you're in a deflationary period or hyperinflation. And so now let's be clear about the, money, the real and the ideal for a second, ladies and gentlemen. In the real, I want you to understand, don't fight against it and say, well, it shouldn't be that way. The environmental discussions are bogus and it shouldn't be that way. We should be on current, you know, constitutional currency. And that's where you better get out of the ideal and get into the real, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead, Tim. But I, I want to make that point because I want people to understand. You live in the real. I agree folks. with you. That, and that's why I call it follow the money. If you follow the money, you're going to be okay. You just got to follow the money. And, and in a situation to where, especially in a hyperinflationary situation, you better follow that money real fast because if you don't, you get left behind. Um, so, so look at things, analyze things from the perspective of, you know, what you have to have food. We're all going to need food, whether we're in a deflationary period, whether we're in a recession, depression, hyper, whatever we're in, you need food. Now, obviously, we can't go out here and buy a truckload of food and store it in our house, but you can invest in food for your family, okay, to where your family is secure in food. Um, and there are other commodities that you can invest in, um, ETFs and stuff that you can invest in that, that are good. 
But um, or you can invest in, in getting a business, a greenhouse, growth food, or whatever if you want to sell it. I mean, there's all kinds of ways you can invest, and I'm just throwing stuff out there. But I'm using those simple, easy to understand things as, yeah, that's going to be in demand regardless. Um, you may pick up and say, hey, you know, um, you know, who, who would have thought that pencils would be in demand? You know what I mean? It used to be everything was done with pencils, but now we use computers and tablets and you know, we hardly ever use an ink pen and a pencil anymore. Um, so don't invest in old technology like a pencil or a pen. Invest in the new stuff that you know you're going to be going in that direction. And that's where you need to be at if you want to survive a depression or hyperinflation. You know, that's... And, and ladies and gentlemen, make, make sure you understand this, too. Making decisions in a panic is always a bad idea. Making decisions from a slow, steady intelligence, well-thought-out point of view is always a good idea. So if you want a long-term storable food supply, don't just go out and spend ten grand on food and get in debt. Okay? Learn to buy what you eat and eat what you buy. Okay? I know that sounds stupid, but learn to buy what you eat and eat what you buy. And then do it steadily. Just say, you know what? I'm going to go to the store, and every time I go, I'm going to buy, you know what? Five cans of something extra. Ten can whatever. I'm going to buy an extra. When I buy sugar, I'm going to buy two of them and put one away. When I buy salt, I'm going to buy a little more than I need. I'm going to, um, when I get teepee, I'm not going to just panic and run to the store. I'm going to, and, and, and that's how you prepare for things. And then you learn how to live in that environment of preparedness. That's why you buy what you eat and eat what you buy. Okay. And this stuff doesn't take rocket scientists to figure it out. It just takes steady planning a little bit of hard work and a little bit of making time for it, putting together a plan. Tim? You said it very well, Sam. That's, that's exactly what people need to do. Is they need to take the time to look at it and put together a plan and follow through and don't be scared and uh, stick with what they did from the beginning and, and don't turn away from it. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope to reject fear and replace it with faith. We hope to reject panic and replace it with education and planning. We are not financial licensed people. Take what we say with a grain of salt, but I would recommend going to buy a little extra salt. You know, see what I'm talking about? We're talking about sound advice. Call it redneck, call it what you will, but we hope it blesses you and your family. For Tim Starks and Sam Bushman, thank you so much, sir. We'll chat soon. Thank you. There he goes. Tim Starks doing a phenomenal job. We the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore America. Will you help us? God save the Republic of the United States. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. <laughs> Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This is the broadcast for February the 16th of the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Um, there's so much to cover in the news. It's just shocking, ladies and gentlemen. It's just wow. Um, it's hard to know even what to focus on, ladies and gentlemen. 
But let's do this. We talked last hour with Tim Starks, well-known security expert. He's a security consultant and a systems troubleshooter. And his phrase for the day is follow the money. And we talked about your finances. We talked about what is a SWOT analysis, how to do it right in 2021. SWOT stands for strength, weakness, opportunity, and threat. A SWOT analysis. How do you look at your strengths, your weaknesses, your threats, and your opportunities? How do you look at all that in your family? The answer is you follow the money. The answer is you follow sound principles. Just because society is not following sound principles, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't individually and in your family or in your small business. All right? Hyperinflation is a serious problem. That's when literally your dollars become less and less and less valuable very, very quickly. In the Weimar Republic, you heard that it took a wheelbarrow of money to buy a loaf of bread to make the point. Hyperinflation. Why have we not seen it yet with all the money printing in our society, huh? Will we experience hyperinflation like Zimbabwe, the Weimar Republic, Germany, Germany, Myanmar, Venezuela? The key is to get out of debt ASAP, ladies and gentlemen. Is there a stock market bubble, a real estate bubble? Who gets hurt? Who benefits when hyperinflation or deflationary realities happen? The answer is those who prepare well don't get hurt. Those who do not prepare do get hurt. Preparedness is the point. Will crypto survive? And do better than stocks, or will stocks do better than crypto? How do we position ourselves? Will we fail or profit? What is the velocity of money? The velocity of the circulation of money is when? Well, it's the number of times that a unit of currency transmits between people. All right? So you take a unit of currency. How often does it purchase goods or services in a given time period. The more it does so, velocity velocity of money increases. The less that happens, the velocity of money decreases. In the pandemic, the velocity of money decreased big time, slowing on down. They say under Donald Trump, we have the best economy in the world. Uh, and it, the engine was rocking. That's true, but in fiat money systems, if you get it rocking too much, then hyperinflation starts to happen. Right now, Venezuela's hyperinflation has been dragging on for 36 months right now, says Forbes. Serious business. Well, I bring this up because Tim Starks provided his personal opinion of what he does. Let me say that again. A personal opinion of what he personally does. This is not a financial. Um, we're not providing financial guidance. We're just telling you what we personally do. All right. We're just telling you our opinions. But Tim said, I look at the world around me and I say, what is the future going to be? And he made a big point to say, I believe electric vehicles are the future. And I'll give you some statistics on this to kind of help put it in perspective for you and your understanding, ladies and gentlemen. But so Tim said, look, it takes copper to make a lot of that infrastructure happen for electric vehicles to be reality. They've got to invest in batteries, so I'm going to invest in batteries. They've got to invest in copper, so I'm going to invest in copper. They've got to... Invest in new energy stocks, and so I've got to do that because that's where we're going with this global warming push or this um, uh, climate change push. You can say, well, I don't believe in the climate change. Sam, it's bogus. I believe in honest constitutional currency. That may be true in the, in the ideal situation. That isn't true in the real situation in which we live in now. 
So we need to learn to make the real the ideal. And what is ideal is to live in the real and make decisions that can protect your financial world. That's what we're talking about. We talked about it last hour with Tim Starks. I want to continue on this theme a little bit this hour. I don't know everything, but I happen to have a little bit of a financial background as well. All right. I've been mortgage licensed in the past. I've been insurance licensed in the past. I've sat on boards of companies with financial decisions, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know everything about money, but I know a little bit. So here's a couple of articles that I have been reading in relation to Tim's point that, hey, electricity is going to be king going forward. Electric vehicles are going to be here soon. And you could say it's a conspiracy, Sam, to manipulate climate change to force us into this. They can control us all with that. I get all those things. I understand. Uh, are they pushing for a global reset? I believe they are. How do you do well when it happens? Well, that's what we're discussing. So Tim Stark says, I believe electric is coming. Big time. Well, here's three articles to kind of highlight the point. Big mainstream press news services. Uh, you can disagree with his analysis if you choose, but you can't disagree with the uh, news surrounding these realities. So here they are. First one, the UK luxury car brand Jaguar announced on Monday that all of its vehicles will be fully electric by 2025. That's the Associated Press. All right. That's big, right? Jaguar announced that all of its cars will be electric by 2025 Associated Press. Second article, General Motors pledged to make its passenger cars, vans, and sports utility vehicles all electric by 2035, Washington Post. Wow. GM, all of its passenger cars, vans, and sports utility vehicles electric. By 2035. The third one, BMW, announced that 50% of its vehicles, sedans, sports utility vehicles, and mini vehicles will be um, electric in Europe by 2030. Now, I know that's in Europe, but what's going to happen in America? We're not far behind, but that one is Forbes. Okay. This is big stuff, folks. Big news services. Highlighting this, they have what are called sustainability goals. All right, now, you could say to me, Sam, I don't believe in this global warming crap. I don't believe in this climate change stuff. Let me point out something to you that you should believe in. They are pushing for a financial reset. I'm calling it Operations Jubilee. All right? And you might not like this, but they have the power to make it happen. All right? They have control of the financial purse strings globally now, ladies and gentlemen. And they can push for a reset. And that's what they're going to be doing. So you can reject it as long as you want to. But I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that you need to... On one hand, not like the reset, because I believe it's satanic. I don't believe that it's good. Government's manipulating currencies and destroying people's wealth over and over and over. They've done it forever. So you don't need to agree with it to understand it. 
and you don't need to accept it to make plans based on it. What do I mean by that? I reject the satanic global reset they're pushing for right now. I just do. I think it's bogus. However, it's going to happen. And I can say how bogus it is all day long. For example, I can say I don't like the killing of people. I'm I'm pro-peace. I'm, I'm anti-violence. But there's still people killing people, folks. As much as I don't like that, right? So, ladies and gentlemen, you got to understand this. And you got to position yourself as if this is going to happen. And so I bring this example up to you because I think it's helpful. I think it's helpful for to you for you to understand what they're doing. And how do we position ourselves in relation to it, right? For example, they're even talking about celebrating National Battery Day. There's no better way to celebrate National Battery Day than with battery power. I mean, can you believe this? When is National Battery Day? Do you know? National Battery Day? Are you kidding me? All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is how they're building propaganda. This is how, whether you like it or not, they're going into this climate change discussion. And in order for them to move us to all these, quote, changes to support climate change, they have got to make batteries better. All right? So they're using these terms to get us more and more and more comfortable with the words, the language, the beliefs, the understanding, the necessity, the, should I keep going on? All right, February 18th is National Battery Day, ladies and gentlemen. All right. National Battery Day, February the 18th. Right? And so, you know, Tim Starks is right. This stuff's a coming, right? All right, quick pause. We'll talk about it more. You're listening to Liberty Roundtable Live on your favorite talk station. I am. Sam Bushman. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, Many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation.
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, live and on your radio, I am Sam Bushman. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. This is our two. Listen carefully. Did you know there's National Battery Day coming up on February the 18th, ladies and gentlemen? So, you know what? You can reject this climate change battle all you want. I don't think that the climate change battle is real uh, from a truth serum point of view. Okay, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't buy it. Uh, God put us on this earth, and I believe that God's taking care of the planet, and we need to be good stewards of the planet to the best of our ability. But if we turn to God, he'll heal us and protect us, and he'll heal our land. But the mainstream governments around the world and press media around the world believe that they are here to save us from ourselves, and they believe that global, global change, climate change is real. Okay, And they believe that they have got to do something to change that. And so they are moving forward absolutely at breakneck speed to put their views in place. They're using things in the sky to manipulate. Cloud seeding is the simplest reality of this, but they're way beyond that now. Their goal is to block the sun. So you see different news articles out now about the sun. Okay, and they're going to blame everything they can on climate change. All right. And they're going to literally use everything in their arsenal to tie it to climate change. All right. And let me be very clear. There's no way to win. Let me give you an example. They're going to say to you, because the economy is so good under Trump, because everybody's doing so well, everybody's environmental footprint's getting bigger, uh, you know, we have got to um, reduce our environmental footprints. And then they say, well, because the economy is bad, we've got to do this and that. And they tie it to pollution, okay? They tie it to pollution, all right, pollution and the COVID. You say, what the heck are you talking about, Sam? So if the economy goes well and it's booming, <clears throat> then they're going to say, well, by golly, you got too much <clears throat> pollution in the air. COVID-19, 
You say, what, Sam, are you talking about? Listen carefully to me. I know it sounds like I'm using all these weird terms and I'm not making any sense. That's the way the environmentalists sound if you're not familiar with their lingo, if you're not understanding of what they're really talking about or trying to say. So let me explain. If the economy is doing incredibly well, then we spew out too much pollution. And therefore, it's a climate problem uh, responsible for climate change. However, if you slow down the economy because of COVID, then you're not putting enough pollution into the sky. Well, you've seen atmospherically that there's a reduction in air pollutants. However, they want you to believe that because then there's not as many pollutants in the sky due to the COVID, that now what you got going on is, well, the sun's just too hot, and so now we got to do things to block the sun. Right? So it's a disaster. They want to plot a different, a cleaner future. So pollution made COVID-19 worse. Now lockdowns are clearing the pollution, right? And clearing the skies. But that's a problem. Because now you're going to have too much sun. And so now air pollution can create global warming. Right? I kid you not. There's no way to win. Right? So impact of the COVID-19 on the environment is the biggest point. And they're fearful that, you know what, if we come back out of the COVID, the pendulum is going to swing. Right? That's the problem. And so you've got to understand that you cannot win with these people. You cause pollution no matter what you do. If you eat too much meat, you cause pollution. Because the cows that you got to, and the pigs that you got to raise all fart and cut, okay? But if you don't have those things, then they'll have another reason. Well, by golly, now you got no cows eating the flies. And so now we got a fly pandemic, fly epidemic. Everywhere there's flies, and it's a pandemic because it's making people sick. And, okay, they're going to go round and around. And everything you do or try to do to make it better. Let me give you an example. Let's say that I were to, tomorrow, quit traveling entirely, grow a little teeny garden on my own property, use a greenhouse so I have water drip systems and everything else. In other words, I make my environmental, my, my environmental footprint as tiny as I possibly can. I, I ride around on just a bicycle. I, I do all that I can do. Then you know what they're going to say to me? Sam, you're not spending any money and you're creating an economic problem. You got to get into the economy and spend, Sam, don't you know? Right? That's the problem. There's no way for me to win on the planet. All right? They're talking about the deadly link between COVID-19 and air pollution right now. Right? This is serious. Clean air and clean skies. Clear skies during the lockdown. But that doesn't solve it. They're all happy about the 
clean air. They're saying it'll help people's lungs. It's great. Right? It's wonderful. But no, because now the sun's too hot. Because, well, where do you go from here? They say, then, how do we vaccinate the world? What's the World Economic Forum doing about the coronavirus outbreak? You say, Sam, these things aren't even related. What are you talking about? I submit to you, they are related. Because they're going to blame everything on the COVID, right? And then they're going to blame the COVID on global warming. And then global warming on COVID. And you get this circular Al Gore-ish argument that says, you know what? Pollution made the pandemic worse, but the pandemic now is clearing the air. So let me say this again. Pollution made COVID-19 worse, but now lockdowns are clearing the air. I kid you not, that's what they're talking about. Even before the coronavirus, they say air pollution killed 7 million people a year. Wow. Will it, can we do better? Will today's cleaner air inspire us to do better? That's what they're asking. I think that headline by Beth Gardner really, in my opinion, kind of makes the point I'm making. Right? Think about the headline I'm talking about. Right? Did you know it's National Battery Day on the 18th of February? Right? Pollution made COVID-19 worse. Now lockdowns are clearing the air. So what's better? By Beth Gardner is the piece. But I look at this and I go, that just highlights, you have no way to win in this. Because they don't want you to have a way to win. They don't want a way forward. What they want is in the turmoil of this, they want to gain control. So it is about, in my opinion, control. Okay? It is about control. It's not about liberty. It's not about taking care of the planet. It's not about you being a good global citizen. It's about this idea that they want control. And that's why you will never overcome these problems. You're caught in the middle. So thank heavens for the coronavirus. It cleared the air. It's going to save everybody as long as we get a handle on climate change there. Because now that the air is clear, the sun is just ripping down a hot buddy and global warming kicks in, don't you know? As novel coronavirus tears around the world, it's exploiting our biggest weaknesses from creeping health care systems to extreme social inequality. Air pollution has intensified the pandemic, but the pandemic has temporarily cleaned the skies. Yeah. Quick pause, ladies and gentlemen. I want to talk about this more. I know it sounds like a lot of confusion and gobbledygook, but you live in it, folks. You better understand their claims. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The North Carolina Republican Party Central Committee voted unanimously on Monday to censure Senator Richard Burr over his impeachment vote. The committee announced the censure in a statement that argued Burr's vote to convict went outside the authority of the Constitution. President Trump was acquitted of impeachment for a second time on Saturday. A catastrophic explosion and fire at an Afghanistan customs depot has destroyed hundreds of fuel tankers and caused traders tens of millions in losses on Sunday. NASA satellites could reportedly see the blast from space, and the fire was so intense, officials called neighboring Iran for help. The blast on the Iranian border in western Afghanistan destroyed as much as $50 million worth of vehicles and goods. The cause is still under investigation. Basketball great Michael Jordan on Monday pledged $10 million to help build two medical clinics for uninsured and underinsured communities in his hometown of Wilmington, North Carolina. USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. The product that you have given me here is, as far as I'm concerned, sent to me from heaven. I love it a great deal. It's hard to find anything that's real nowadays. I enjoy it immensely. It's making my life so much better. I feel so much better. And during this pandemic, I have no worries whatsoever. My immune system has got to be at a top-notch level. I don't seem to get colds or anything. I don't know what getting sick is anymore. This is so cool. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. Governor Andrew Cuomo, the Democrat from New York, blamed the staff of New York nursing homes for the record high death toll that was brought about by mandating infected people be put into nursing homes. The directive was issued by Governor Cuomo. COVID did not get into the nursing homes by people coming from hospitals. COVID got into the nursing homes by staff walking into the nursing home. As gathered by Fox News cameras, some New Yorkers aren't buying it. We're calling for Cuomo to resign. We're calling for de Blasio to resign. They have not listened to public health. They have not listened to advocates. We're saying that you, your actions have killed. It's just really sad, but it's also like good that now other people are seeing him for who he really is. It's estimated well over 15,000 people died under Governor Cuomo's mandate. The exact number is still unknown as politics was being played during record-keeping and subsequent cover-up by Cuomo's office. USA Radio News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so I'm telling you right now, they have set the stage perfectly, those who want a financial reset. You say, Sam, how did you go from financial reset to global warming to climate change to coronavirus to National Battery Day coming up on February the 18th? Yeah. How'd you get there, Sam, with global warming and electric vehicles and finance and money velocity? Because it's all tied together in the minds of the elite that want to control us. That's how. And it sounds like a weeb, I'm sorry, a web weaved with, of confusion, but it isn't, ladies and gentlemen. Let me make it very, very simple indeed for you. There is no way for you to win, all right? The children of God are at war with one another. And those who follow Satan want to use anything they can, 
anything in their arsenal they can to make you the enemy of the planet. So somehow you and the Earth are enemies. Unless, let me say it again, you and the Earth are enemies. Unless, ladies and gentlemen, you go along with their environmental agenda. All right, global warming, climate change, doesn't matter what words we use. You are an enemy to the earth unless you follow our protocols, our mandated protocols for solutions. Now, you don't agree with our assessment of the problem that you're an enemy to the earth? Well, tough beans. If you don't agree with that, we want to throw you in prison. We want to arrest you. You're a criminal. You're a bad guy. You know when they do that, the science and facts and reason and logic and morality are not on their side. But we also have learned they have the power to do it. Just look at the last pandemic to prove the point. The COVID's a fraud, folks. They have not even isolated the COVID, and they don't have a vaccine for it at all. They're lying to you. They have experimental drugs, experimental or experimental DNA, okay? Experimental gene therapies is the best they've got. They don't have any evidence that it's vaccine. They don't have any evidence that it works. They have not isolated the virus, and they do not have the anecdote at all. But they can make billions and trillions of dollars in lying to you and putting big pharma at the quote center, big pharma at the center of the solution. All right, but on that, the back of that, they've proven how much power they have to manipulate the masses. You literally have people that I know that used to be my friends that now they don't want anything to do with me because I'm not as willing to lock down as hard as they are. So I'm their enemy now. So they're pitting everyone against everybody. But the real core of this discussion is you are an enemy of the earth unless you do what they say. Got it? And if you do what they say, then you're not an enemy of the earth. In fact, you're part of the solution. But what they say gives them control, right? Okay, it gives them control. And that's what they want is control over you. And they want you to willingly give that control on this altar of not being an enemy of the earth. Now, if you believe the way I do that God is in charge and that he loves us and that the earth is his creation and that he's put me on the earth and given me instructions to care for it, take care of it, all right, and that I'm supposed to be here, then uh, you know what? That view is not acceptable to the elites that control the world. And our views are completely at odds, and that's why I'm an enemy to the earth. Unless I go along with their agenda. And there's no way I can fix it. Because I'm a denier of the truth, as they call it. But who decides truth? Is the truth the way I say it, that God created the earth, that he put me here, therefore he wants me here, and we're not enemies? Or is the truth that I'm an enemy of the earth unless I follow their instructions that put, give them control, let them lord over me? Okay, that's where this debate begins and ends. All right? And so they'll use anything, whether it's global warming, global cooling, climate change, the COVID. They have found, uh, in my opinion, the uh, recipe for success in terms of getting us to capitulate and support their global reset, their global jubilee of satanic proportions. Because coming out of the other side, they will have dictatorial control over us all.
And if you don't go along, you're an enemy of the earth. And the enemy of truth is what they want you to believe. You are the enemy of the earth and the enemy of truth. If you don't go along with their plans. Okay? And that's the way it is. And so I don't agree with any of this, but they are going to make this the reality. So if you want to do well in this society that we're going to have going forward, this new matrix that we live in, you better live in the real. And you better try to make the ideal the real the best you can and teach the truth, but you also need to acknowledge reality. They are going to control you at every turn. And they are going to use the COVID virus or the, quote, mutations of that, along with climate change, to force you into their world, to their matrix, to their reality. They're going to force electric vehicles on you. They're going to get rid of the coal-fired power plants. As clean as we've made them over the years, they're going to get rid of them. And they're going to move you into a new energy scenario as the weather gets worse. And part of the problem is it's almost like a timed dishonest manipulation the weather's getting much worse right why is it getting much worse it depends on who you listen to right just type in tx texas and what do you get you get all kinds of maps and facts of texas but what if i type in texas weather what do i get Oh, boy, it comes up, right? There's disaster across the south. Cold like you've never heard of. Houston, weather conditions. Dallas, Texas, seven-day weather forecast. Ten-day forecast. It's disaster. Now, we can all agree that the weather's gnarly. I mean, all you got to do is see the car pileups on the news and see the snow and a lot of companies' power is down, their phone lines are down, their ability to communicate and do business is simply shut down, right? It's easy to see. So the effects are there and not debatable. <clears throat> the weather's getting rowdy. But it depends on who you believe when it comes to the cause, Right? Is the fundamental disagreement we have in our society right now. I would say that the reason this is happening is because we as a society are immoral and we're turning our back on God and therefore he's punishing us with national calamities. Okay? I mean, Noah's Ark comes to mind. Fire coming down from heaven with Elijah's example comes to mind. Okay? We know that God uses the weather to bring his people to remembrance. So I would say to you that it's God, the author of our liberty, the creator of the earth, which we're not at war with, which we are not enemies of, is trying to remind us to obey him. But the mainstream press would say nothing of the sort, <clears throat> and your government bureaucrats would say nothing of the sort. They would say, Sam, because you're an enemy of the earth and you're a denier of truth, right? 
You're the denier of truth to the point where, Sam, you're the problem. And what they would say is the weather's crazy, not because of the reason Sam would attribute it to. But they would say the weather's crazy because global warming's happening. Because people are breathing too much. Because people are, they wouldn't discuss planting trees to solve the problems, really. That might be a sub-discussion. But they don't really want to solve the problem because then they can't blame you as the problem and therefore lock down and control you further. Okay, they want this to be the case. They love this no-win situation. But they would say it's because of you that you're an enemy to the earth and your footprint's too big and you're living high on the hog and you're a, a fat, lazy, dumb, ignorant American that just takes everything for granted. And, and, and because of your largesque living, Sam, you're the problem. And therefore, Sam, what we got to do is control you and ratchet you down, lock you down and take away all your loved ones and social distance you. And, and, and never mind the fact that the reality is that, hey, people are dying at a much greater rate, not only because of the COVID, because of suicide and frustration and anger and worry and fear. And I mean, the list goes on and on. But you read in the scriptures that this is prophesied in the last days, men's hearts shall fail them. So we get it, but they would say that it's not God Sam at all. In fact, you're crazy to point to that. It's because of you. You're the evil one, Sam, and we gotta protect us against you. We'll talk about it more. You're listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Why don't we say to the government writ large, that they have to spend a little bit less. Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better having a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? in churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids.
So we know as the people get more wicked, ladies and gentlemen, the calamities will continue to increase in the world. The weather will get more crazy. That's a reality from God. We're taught about that in the scriptures, but most people don't realize, and most people believe that it's it, that it's us, the humans on the earth, that are at war with the planet, if you will. You're the enemy of the planet. You're the enemy of the earth, and you're a climate change denier. That's the problem with you. And this um, goes... They say we're already seeing the effects of human-caused climate change. Now, they want you to believe that it's human-caused. And what they do is they start out with a false premise that as long as you agree with that human-caused, then we can argue forever. That's what they love. So I agree that the climate is changing. I believe that there is climate change. But I don't believe that it's human-caused or humans are to blame. I don't believe that humans are the enemy of the earth. All right. You are the enemy of the earth. You're a climate change denier. Right. You're a human caused climate change denier. A human caused. That's the key. Now, I believe that there is a climate change reality, but I don't believe that it's human cause, and I don't believe we can blame humans for it. Now, do I think we can do things to live a, a, a smaller footprint? No, I think our largesse as societal uh, as a societal norm is a problem. I do actually. I do. So what we need to do, in my opinion, is learn proper language of what they mean. Okay, when they say, hey, there is um, global warming, don't say there's not because there is. Every morning it gets hotter and every evening it gets cooler. That's a simple daily cycle. Well, there are seasonal cycles as well. If you don't believe me, go to Alaska. It's pretty dang nice in the summer. Pretty darn cold in the winter. Okay, there are seasonal cycles. There's daily cycles. And there are bigger cycles than that at work. So there are climate changes. So when you say I don't believe in climate change, then they can say you're a denier, and they're right. But what you got to point out to them is this. You are saying that I'm the enemy of the earth. You're saying that I'm a human-caused climate change denier. That's the word you got to use, because now we're talking about something. It's not a matter of if it's happening. It's a matter of why it's happening, okay? It's happening, in my view, because we've turned our back on God, and he's punishing a people that won't listen, that won't obey his commandments. They would say, no, it's because you live too large. It's because you have gas, fossil oil vehicles. I don't even believe the fossil oil lie either. I don't believe oil is created by fossils. Nevertheless, I digress. I'm telling you, though, that we people need to understand that we can't debate terms with them when they set the argument. Because there's climate change, humans are the cause. That's the lie. So if I say climate change isn't real, you're lying. Then they say, yes, it is real. We can scientifically show you that some of it's real. And therefore, you know what? All your arguments fall on deaf ears. You're a denier. You're crazy. You're uh, unstable or whatever. What we need to do is debate. Debate the human-caused part. And we need to debate the control part.
They want control. That's what it's about for them. And we need to say to them, there are better ways. But the fact is they've created a matrix globally that we cannot get out of. And I think that 9-11 proved it. The people panicked. COVID-19 proved it. The people will comply. And they can literally do whatever they want without repercussions. The global elite can do whatever they want without repercussions. So they will now push this envelope and they will use climate change and COVID-19 or the derivatives thereof going forward to control the people and to literally take us to the next step. But instead of politely conjoling us into their agenda, they will start to mandate and push and force their agenda on us. What is their agenda? To use climate change and COVID to control us all. They'll do a financial reset if they have to. They'll take us to war if they have to. They'll force a famine on us if they have to. Whatever it takes, they'll do. You want to know why? Because they in their little minds believe that they are there to protect you from you. They want to protect us all from ourselves. They believe it's their duty. They believe it's their obligation. They believe it's a must. All right? They truly believe that the only way they can get it done is to force this on you. All right? They believe that there's no way forward except for their way. They literally believe they're the gods of this universe. All right? And if you don't believe me on this, ladies and gentlemen, they believe they are gods. And we have the modern day Tower of Babel on our hands. Hey, let's build a tower to get to heaven. We believe we can build a heaven greater than God's. And God put that, as you know, down. And now we all speak different languages, right? Well, the modern day version of that with COVID, with climate change, and with the global reset, I'm telling you, it is the current modern day Tower of Babel, right? That's what we're dealing with. And I know it sounds hard to believe. But I think to a great degree, the more we can embrace their global warming agenda, the climate change agenda, the better off we'll be. You say, Sam, what are you talking about? Doesn't that just play right into their hands? I don't think so. I don't believe that. All right. I believe we can make choices that put us in a good position to be the one that does not get attacked. Right? Okay, think about that. I believe what we can do is embrace a lot of their ideas not for the reason 
not because we believe in what they believe in exactly, but because we realize that then they'll have to focus on somebody else. All right. For example, they're looking at a $240 per gallon gas tax to flight global warming. New UN report suggests what they call carbon pricing. What? Yeah. Okay. They have got an agenda. And they will, ladies and gentlemen, be able to force their agenda on us. All right. They will be able to control us. They will be able to control us, environmentally speaking. So the sooner you get out of harm's way and travel less, reduce your global warming slash climate change footprint, the less arguments they have against you. And you say, why does that matter, Sam? Because trust you me, they will use all these things to control you. And the less they have over you, the better. So believe it or not, embrace a lot of these things because you live in the real. Now, some would say, Sam, you're just capitulating to them. And I think, no, I'm not. I'm not at all. But listen to this. UN official calls for ARK. A-R-K. To save the world from global warming. Every day we're seeing evidence of its devastating impacts. What does that mean? You say, well, go study ARC if you want to know what it means. All right. ARC to save the world. What does that mean, ARC to save the world? Well, this is what I mean. We don't know their language. We don't know what they're saying. And therefore, we make statements and say and do things that just prove our ignorance. Right? It's a reference. Right? It's a reference. It's using video games to educate us in their agenda. We don't have time to lose. So they're using video games and these terms to back us into buying their propaganda, right? That's what we're talking about, right? That's what's going on. It's amazing what we're accepting. It's just shocking what we're going through, right? And I don't think people really understand it. I don't think people have any idea that this is all happening on our watch. You could say, Sam, this is the most boring hour you've ever done in radio. And I would say, you know what? You may be right. It's the most confusing hour you've ever done in radio. I know you may be right. But when you tie it together to say they're pushing for electric vehicles and you're not going to stop it. 
when you have Jaguar, General Motors, BMW, Tesla, everybody's moving towards electric vehicles because they say it's the best way to combat climate change. All right, when they celebrate National Battery Day, all right, pollution made COVID-19 worse, but now lockdowns are clearing the air, writes Beth Gardner. You are the enemy of the earth, a human-caused climate change denier. Art to save the world, right? They're preparing us for something. They're using everything within their arsenal to change the game. Anyway, I hope my ramblings can help you understand what they're doing. All right, I really do. I hope you can understand what I'm saying. They're using all kinds of propaganda to manipulate us. And the idea is you're at war with the world if you don't buy their agenda. If you buy their agenda, you can save yourself. Uh, and if you buy their agenda, they will control you. And they have created a way to where there's no way out. The only way out is to turn to God, who did create the earth, and who put us on the earth at this time, and to understand that we are not at war with the earth. And the sooner you understand those diametrically opposed views, the sooner you'll understand their agenda and find a way to solve it for your family. 